the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things, put them in your brain. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is going to be a five-minute funk because it's the weekday. Yay. Um, yay. My name is Kyle. And my name is Peter. And I'm an alcoholic. Well, whether or not that's true, we're not going to talk about that today. We have another cool topic. <laughs> we have to confront my problems sometime. We only have five minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> um, do I have to get through all ten steps in five minutes? Yes. Oh, no. That'd be a okay. really effective Alcoholics Anonymous program. <laughs> like, you like get it speed, out in five minutes. Like speed meetings? Yeah. Like, hi, my name is Kyle. Hi, Kyle. I'm an alcoholic. Last day I beat my wife. Oh, that's great. Okay, see you next week. <laughs> the secret is to replace alcohol with caffeine. With speed. Yes. Um, that would actually be awesome. It's like speed dating, but with sad people addicted to drugs. What we got up next, Mr. Kyle? <laughs> Um, what we have is, I stumbled across this article regarding a recent copyright infringement lawsuit that's going on between a ton of artists, um, including such notable names as Usher, Mark Wahlberg, who, for those of you that don't know, was the lead singer of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, who is awesome, um, Run DMC, Jay-Z, a whole bunch of other people, and they are all being sued by this man named uh, Sylvester Thompson, a.k.a. Sile Johnson. Why he changed his name, I don't know. Because he recorded a song in 1967 called Different Strokes, not to be confused with Different Strokes by Sly and the Family Stone. And apparently that song was sampled in tons of different songs by the artists throughout the years. Peter, you can go on in, in a little bit more detail as to what songs, I guess, featured sampling from this, but... A lot of them did. Hmm. Well, uh, some examples that have been cited that kind of took from this song, Different Strokes, are um, Usher's song, Call Me Back, which was from 1993, Fight the Power and Fear of Black Planet, both by Public Enemy. Also, as Kyle mentioned, uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, their song, The Last Song on Side B, also apparently makes unauthorized use of Different Strokes. Yeah, a lot of different artists apparently sampled this. Oh, and run DMC's um, Naughty and Beats to the Rhyme. Well, there you go. And I guess, obviously, included in this lawsuit are a number of record labels, including Sony Music Entertainment and Universal Music Group, who are mm. basically... Those are gig- like the two biggest... Gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the Walmart and Target of the music industry. Yeah, basically. The complaint, or the um, civil suit seeks accounting along with a permanent restraint against sampling the song along with unspecified damages, which is probably lots and lots of money. <laughs> unspecified usually means, like, I'm suing you for one billion dollars. That's a lot of money. So, yeah, this man, um, Sile Johnson, who is the alleged accuser in this case, is a American blues and soul singer as well as a record producer. He produced a number of albums between 1968 through the 90s, actually, so he's kind of been on or possibly under the radar here for a while. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look like he ever really had, like, not to uh, talk too poorly about him, it doesn't look like he really ever rose to a massive amount of fame. Hmm. But, yeah, I guess it even it even mentions, it says in 1992, so apparently this is an ongoing thing, hmm. Johnson found out that his song Different Strokes had been sampled by a number of rappers, including Wu-Tang Clan, Public Enemy, 
called G-Rap Hammer and the Ghetto Boys. Hmm. Stimulated by this fact, he decided to make a comeback in the music industry in 1994, where he released the album Back in the Game on Delmark Records. So basically, like, his songs being unofficially sampled by other artists inspired him to get back in the game. The (laughs) game is at an all-time level. (laughs) It says here that Johnson has actually become one of the most sampled artists, largely from the Mm. song Different Strokes, as well as his other song, Is It Because I'm Black? Which he feels passionately that taking music from an original artist without proper compensation constitutes thefts, mm. and uh, has sued for copyright infringement, as is obviously mentioned in this recent case, yeah. but, as we now know, is not the first. So, yeah, he has had a lot of his songs unlawfully sampled, and he doesn't like that. Well, it's weird, because, I mean, Different Strokes came out in 67, apparently, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even that popular of a song. I mean, it only barely hit the U.S. pop charts, and you know when the in the eighties when that started to become a thing, the whole sampling other music, mm-hmm. there there was some issue with it then, but maybe not as much as there is now. I mean, actually, no, that's the other way around. I think there's less issues with it now than there was at the beginning because people were still understanding what that was. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny to see him coming back at this now. I guess you said he's done it before. Yeah, as early as 94, apparently. Is he suing even the people who did it way back in, like, the 90s? I think that was probably a different case. I'm assuming it was settled to some degree, but I think yeah. he's just coming back against the Just trying to get artists. more money. More money, more problems. Yeah. Um, I'm going to propose something that's probably going to be unpopular, okay. but I don't care. You know how, in with, regarding most medical patents, they have a lifespan of 40 years? Okay. And then after that 40 years, it is then, you know public domain for any other, I guess, pharmaceutical company to, to, to take, manipulate, reproduce, yeah. make make over-the-counter, whatever. I think there should be a similar lifespan on creative patents for artists, hmm. because too often, and we've seen it a lot lately, is artists who may have even passed away, their songs are sampled, or someone wants to make a biography about them, hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And because... The royalties or the rights to that music usually either goes to like their family, their living heirs, their, you know, their trust or whatever their company that they found their music record label that they founded, and because of that, despite the fact that they're deceased or very very old, their music is still like guarded from being used in any way that their family doesn't see fit. Yeah, I propose that, like for this song, if this was produced in 1967. Then in 2007, if it was 40 years, they would go off the market, so to speak, and be able to be used for whatever. Mm. I mean, I, I understand the whole concept of royalties, and like if your song's used, you want compensation, or you want you want your family's compensation. Right. But it it seems kind of a little bit stifling to musical creativity and to just general creativity when people so many of these documentaries lately that people wanted to make, like about Queen and about Jimi Hendrix have been shot down because their family or their bandmates don't like the way they're portrayed. Yeah. Like, it just seems so selfish. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, especially when it's purely money involved, you know. Yeah. It's It's like, oh, I made something 50 years ago, I still expect money from that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm sure... I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like this guy was never extremely popular, so... You know, maybe, maybe it could be some... Where he kind of has like some resentment against these artists who take 
something that he did that wasn't that popular and then made it into something more popular. Oh, I... I mean, I, it, I mean it's got to be that, because otherwise, who, who cares? Yeah, it's like... I kind of get like, oh, the original song was never, I guess, as popular as you had hoped it was. Yeah. And then other artists sample it and, and into songs that become, like, you know, cult classics or iconic songs. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a slap in the face, I get that. But at the same time, even as an artist, like, you need to learn when to let go of your work. Yeah. Like, and, you know, if it's used for someone else's song and they become famous 50 years later and you're, like, old and retired, it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them, I guess. I have all the money I need. Yeah, I mean, e- even though, uh, how do you say, like, uh, sampling and remixing started in the pretty 80s. much in the 80s, it, it's just as common now as it was then. Yeah, and you think that by more. now people, if not more so, so I mean, you think people would be more understanding of it now because that's basically what most music is now is, is some level of re- remixing of something else. Yeah, like everything is a copy of a copy. Yeah, of a copy. exactly. You think that both the artists doing the copying would would be more understanding as well as the artists who are being mimicked or yeah, what's that? What's that term like? Mimicking is the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. Like, if your song is good and someone else uses part of your song for theirs, then they're obviously, they think your song is good. Yeah. Like I said, I get the concept of royalties, and I think people should be compensated for their creative works, but that shouldn't go on infinitely. Like, your grandchildren shouldn't be able to feed off of something you made. Yeah. Like, you know, if you really want to keep, you know, leave them money, then, you know, leave them a trust. Don't (laughs) just be like, oh, I want the royalties of my song that I made to go to my, you know family for the next 3,000 years. <laughs> it's, it's silly. There seems to be kind of a middle ground in terms of the popularity of the original work in terms of being the, whoever the owner is being upset because if it's really unpopular, like, then nobody ever knows it, then basically there's never a problem because no one cares. Yeah. But if the they're really <laughs> extremely popular, they might not care either because it's like, well, everybody knows it. It's almost like public domain at that point. Yeah, exactly. And they know they know they're good, and they've made tons of money anyway, so they don't care. But something in the middle, where they made some money but not a ton, and some people might know it but not everybody, so they're more sensitive to maybe people misinterpreting it as belonging to someone else, and then yeah. earning revenue not for them. So it's it's the same as like pirating music, so to speak. It's like you know if you want to pay for their music or if you want to pay them royalties, yeah. fine. You know they get compensated for that to some degree, but if you're Using, taking their music without their permission, you know, through, uh, what is it, pirating, or if you're using their music and sampling without their permission, it's, it, is it really, like, devastating their profits, or their, that much? Like, I'm sure they have other sources of income. It just seems like a money grab, most Well, of the now time. more than ever, because of the whole pirating age, I mean... Yeah, Metallica, like, went crazy with that stuff. They, like, their music ended up on Napster, and they sued Napster, and then they wouldn't put their music on iTunes, because it was just a constant money grab. They think, you know, every time someone hums a Metallica song, they should get a penny. Mm -hmm. And just that mentality just turns so many people off of, like, music, because it's like music is about creativity and expression. If it just turns into, like, this business commodity, then, I don't know, it just stifles people. But like I said, that's just that's just Kyle's opinion. Yeah, I wonder Kyle's how story. often. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess this is a good, this is an example of the actual artist being upset because a lot of the time, like you were saying, sometimes it's the family mm-hmm. of the person or something else 
more way more often than the artist himself is the it's, the record it's either label. the rec- yeah the record label and see that's far more understandable because record labels at their heart are just gigantic corporations that want to suck money they're the money. ones making the majority of the money they're the ones that you know sue grandmas because they downloaded 12 you know gene adler songs or something <laughs> <laughs> and for like oh, two million dollars yeah you know and you see these things all the time and it's sickening because they want to make an example of people yeah uh, but when it's the artists themselves, it's it's just so much more like harsh, because yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a giant corporate entity wanting money. It's just some guy not feeling like they made enough off their creative <laughs> endeavor yeah. and just wanting more recognition in monetary terms. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, I think there should be a lifespan to that, whether it be forty years, whether it be when the artists themselves decease and then whatever. Yeah. But there should be at some point when music can go into public domain and anyone can use it, listen to it, whatever. Yeah. Any music before, I think, 1928 is officially public domain. I forgot why, but it is. Mm. Why don't they have that for, you know, every 50 years? Like, you know, in 2078, everything from 28 to 48 becomes public domain. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It's It's an interesting idea. It seems odd. Like, ever, yeah, like there should be some sort of like backlog of like things after a point in time go into the public domain where people can use them for free without fear of being sued, basically. Yeah. But we're an overly litigious society, so. Yay, America. Well, money. Uh, but yeah, this five minute funk has turned into a 12 minute rant, so. We're gonna call this, uh, the Kyle's rant episode. Not really, but. <laughs> Careful what like, you wish for. Oh dear. <laughs> Kyle rants about monies. <laughs> this this went from just informative to opinionative. So, oh, before we go, yes. let's play for our listeners a short clip of "Different Strokes" by, by Sylvester not, Thompson and not Sly and the Family Stone. All That's right. true. So that was Different Strokes, the song that spurred this lawsuit and also our conversation for today. Yeah. Pretty good song. I had never heard it before this, and I really like it. I hadn't either. To be honest, I, conf- I confused him with Sly and the Family Stone at first. Yeah. So, yeah, that is, I guess, the song that surrounded this entire debate and lawsuit, which will probably result in a large loss of money for a lot of artists. Because they always end up settling. Yeah. They don't go to court. They're just like, okay, fine, we'll pay, you know, a million dollars. Yeah. So, well, you listeners yeah, should go ahead and check out the other songs that we mentioned earlier and see if you can hear a similarity between yeah. this song and those. For sure. Um, so, yeah, this has been a five-minute funk and a ten-minute rant. And this is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Tell us what you think about this lawsuit. On our Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And be sure to like us on iTunes and also uh, subscribe to us on Spotify. That's where true. we will put things up like songs from our episodes. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to them in full. Without causing without, lawsuits from this guy. Yeah, without lawsuits raining down on you like hellfire. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, we're signing off. We love you, and we love musical artists, and we love the RAAA and America. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.